everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Hannah Lee. Hey, Hannah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on and、um, chatting with me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I'm really excited. So, I have heard one of your episodes with our mutual friend David Shin on his podcast.、Um, I hope they hear this.、Um, so I'm, but I'm excited to like, you've always talked about different things on his, on his、uh, platform. So, I'm excited to hear and hopefully dig in a little more on、um, the career path part of it.、Um, yeah. But yeah, so without me talking too much further, Hannah, what is it that you do? Yeah. So, Um, more simplistically, I am finishing my PhD in a counseling psychology program. And so, usually, the spiel I give about that is、um, so I research and clinically intervene with Asian American mental health、um, mm. broadly, but my、um, duties under that umbrella differ quite a bit. Okay. Um, so, I'm excited to like, I feel like, yes, that was a simplified version maybe of what you, everything that you do. So, I'm excited to like dig in a little bit.、Um, and actually, one of the reasons I am excited to talk to you today is I think I run into a lot of people、mm. that like consider like psychology, counseling, MFT, you know, those types、mm-hmm. of careers.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like a lot of people like, don't really know everything that it entails.、Mm-hmm. Um, I have had an MFT on the, sh- on the、um, podcast before.、Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she ended up actually going to work for like, an insurance company or something. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but,、um, uh, but it was still a good episode. It was really insightful. But at the same time, I feel like there are so many. Areas in the field of counseling、mm. um, that many people don't know. I, oh, I, I have had a counselor on too. Do you know、mm. Ginny? I do. Yeah. 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 yeah so she, hers was really insightful too.、Mm. Um, but I'd love to hear more about like just your reasoning to going into even a PhD program as well.、Mm-hmm. But, anyways, what does a typical day for Hannah look like? So it, it's different every day、okay. of the week.、Um, and so I'm kind of at the point of my program where everything is very self directed. So I would say that, like, first two years of my program, you know, it, I was functioning mostly as a student.、So、I was going to class. And then、um, we also do like、uh, clinical rotations. And so,、mm-hmm. um, depending on where you like interviewed and got this position for,、um, that's also like what you're doing with your time and, and then doing some minimal research.、Mm-hmm. Um, right now, my, the stage I'm in is because I'm wrapping up,、um, I am finishing up my dissertation. And so that's a lot of like self research.、Uh, I'm also teaching a college class on、wow. interpersonal communication skills.、Um, and Uh, I'm also seeing clients at a clinic. It's a private practice that mostly serves、um, Asian, Asian American families and adolescents and individuals. So that's how I divide my time. Okay, wow, so crazy.、Um, <laughs> uh, 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 just to clarify, yeah.、Um, so after you get your PhD,、mm-hmm. um, w- what does that mean for you? 
Yeah. So, um, so my program is, so like the title is doctor of philosophy. Okay. And so usually people that go through the process of PhDs, cause there's lots of doctorates, even in psychology, there's a PsyD program, which is doctor of psychology. Okay. Usually PhDs pump out folks who go into academia. So they will be faculty members or, um, There'll be industry leaders, like kind of at the expert level. And so um, like there and a lot of people also go into private practice, too. Um, that's where the money is. But uh, most folks, they either go into academia or some hybrid of actually the two. So what's your hope? Uh, I'm still figuring it out, okay. but I probably do. So I don't want to do, uh, a pro- like I went into the program thinking I wanted to be a faculty member at like a R1 institution, which okay. is What's very, R1? so R1s are very, um, heavy research institutions. And so that's how the university gets most of its money and how it builds prestige by producing scholarship. And then our two institutions are more teaching heavy focused. And so like they don't pump out a lot of research, but they focus a lot of their energies on like student development and um, the learning environment. There's also like all the way down to R3, I think, but um, there's not many R3 universities. And what would R3 be? It would be like it's it would be universities that's not super um I guess like settled in yet, if that makes sense. So yeah, but it's, it's like the rankings are based on how much research productivity the university has as a whole. And then there's like a way that people like folks will classify it into those three, three rankings. Okay. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you were saying your hope initially your hope was to maybe uh, work at an R1 type of program. Yeah, but okay. I realized like I can do research, but, um, and I'm sure I'll talk about this at one point too, but I just, I, I think like the calling that I have with what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, and where the Lord is leading me, it's not to just produce scholarship for like the sake of prestige. I really mm-hmm. want to intervene in communities and families mm-hmm. um, and students. And so like right now, I'm not sure. Like, we'll see what what God says later. But um, I I do want to teach to some level. So I'm thinking of like R2 institutions Mm -hmm. and then um, also doing like community based intervention. So maybe not like therapy directly one on one, Mm -hmm. but thinking about what um, like mental health can look like in industries or like companies, but also churches, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, So I feel like. I could ask so many questions, <laughs> but for me, as you're talking, you know, cause like essentially it sounds like you, I mean, counselors, they help people from what I understand and mm. they, they help with people's mental health and to like talk through things, give them tools, right. Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to get to a place of uh, being healthy mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, Hannah, I think what I would love to know about you is like, so the why like where did this all start and like um yeah what you and you said you know the calling that you feel like you have over your life Mm. could you share that with me just a little bit yes I would love to so um my story is pretty unique I've known what I wanted to do probably since I was 12 what yeah which I get that reaction most times (laughs) 
Um, and so I have, there is a Korean American, she, her, uh, training is in counselor education, which is a little bit different than, um, I'm studying to be a psychologist. Okay. So, uh, but her doctorate is in counselor ed, but she is a professor at the Harvard graduate school of education. Um, and she teaches on like, like adolescent mental health, Asian American stuff as well. And her, so her name is Dr. Josephine Kim. And she came to my church when I was in seventh grade, I lived in Orlando. Florida at the time so like no Korean people really right right. um and they heard that like this Harvard professor was going to be coming to this our our church to do like a you know um kind of like a seminar series and like I mean every Korean in Florida came to Orlando like that (laughs) weekend you know um but the topic of her seminars were on intergenerational family conflict. And so it was just a really healing time, uh, really eye-opening. And like, I I remember being 12 and um, she had a time where she had like a family applications like portion. So we got like she shared and taught and gave us tools. And then she had us go into like our families and talk about like facing our parents Uh being like, how can I understand you better? Like, you know, what is it? What is your story? Yeah. And so I remember being 12 and recognizing that that was the first time that my family and I had a meaningful conversation or what Mm -hmm. felt like a meaningful one. And it was just really moving. And I don't know what came over me. We're going to just say it's the Holy Spirit. But Mm -hmm. um, I got, I like my 12 year old self. I was like, this is what I want to do. And like, I want to provide this space for more families and individuals. And I went up to her, I got her email. And now that I think about it as an adult, I'm like, that must have been hilarious (laughs) for Dr. Joe to like see this 12 year old little girl being like, I would like to get your email. Like, can we connect, you know? but I kept in touch with her over the years. Seriously? And yes. Yeah. It's wild, right? Oh my gosh. I know. Like God kept that connection alive. Wow. And when I w- was graduating college, um, I so I was an international studies major. So okay. I thought I was going to be a diplomat. I did not like say the course the whole time, but I always knew I was really um, passionate about culture and mm-hmm. like peacekeeping, like unity, things like that. So, and, you know, like, I think my parents um, were interested for the prestige aspect of, you know, that job or like that line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in my senior year, I was like, this is not it like this, you know, and I took a class for counseling psychology and I was like, oh, wow, I think this. And then I remember Dr. Joe. Mm-hmm. So I kept in touch with her from when I was 12 to probably when I was like 15. And then we didn't talk for like a few years. And then when I was graduating college, I reached out to her again, um, just shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. I like went to my childhood email. It was like hannahbanana at yahoo.com. <laughs> found her email and um I was like I don't know if you remember me but like I'm considering like you know going into the mental health field um if can you share what program you teach in and um she was like it's so good to hear from you like of course I remember and um and then yeah and then I apply and like I was like god if this is the route that you want me to go in like like that you're going to open the doors, you know? Mm. Um, I know it was a long time coming, but like, you'll make it happen. And she emailed me back and I applied to the program she teaches in at um, Harvard. And it was in a prevention science program, which is adjacent with mental health. Okay. And so, um, yeah. And then 
I was able to be like directly mentored by her. I chaired a conference during my master's program for uh, Asian. It's called Let's Talk. Okay. And it's for um, the emotional and academic well-being of Asian and Asian American students. And so just had a ton of people that I was able to meet and really propelled me forward. And I got in when, so I was 12 when I met her Mm -hmm. and then I got in when I was 22. So God does a lot of things at like the 10 year marks of my my life. Yeah. So we'll see what he does when I'm 32. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So just to go back a little bit, um, your senior year of college is when you decided to sh- kind of shift gears is what you're saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you graduated with the international affairs bachelors. Yep. And then you don't require any prerequisite for that program that you decided to go into your master's program. Yeah. Um, so I guess my, so my master's program is called prevention science and practice. Okay. What's that? So yeah, so it's um a it's a program that was designed for folks that are because I went to a school of education. Okay. And so um it's for people that want to be like supportive in the like like ch- uh, K through twelve that you know young people and children age group, uh-huh. but don't want to be in the school system. So people that have my um, that graduated from the program with me have a lot of like companies that will support like depression and anxiety for youth, you know, or like, um, they'll even have like parent education programs. They'll run those, you know? So it's like like so specific then. Yes. It's super specific. Um, but there's a counseling strand and a research strand and a practice strand, even within that program. Uh And I was in the research strand of it because I knew I wanted to do my PhD after my master's. So it's the content is the same, but the approach is different. Um, Uh so yeah, like to try to make a prerequisite for that, I think would have been like pretty hazardous. I see. I see. Okay. And so like you decided to like go through with this particular program and for your master's because of her recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, And so as you're doing it, are you finding that it is something that you definitely want to continue then? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like when I was applying for grad graduate schools at the um when I was finishing undergrad, I had a chance to start my PhD then. Um I got into a program in New York, uh-huh. but I just like didn't I didn't feel like I knew enough. And uh-huh. so I wanted to do my master's first. Okay. And um I think the unique aspect of the program that Dr. Joe taught was I we I I did like a group counseling class, you know, and mm-hmm. I did like a um development like abnormal developmental psych class, you know, mm-hmm. during my master's. And so I got like some of the psych background, but because I knew I wanted like a terminal degree later on. Um, I wanted to be Dr. Joe. I was Mm, like, I want to do it on this expert level and I don't want to just stop with my master's. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to set myself up for PhD programs and for that you need research experience. And so, Mm. um, I got some of that in undergrad because I joined like a psychology lab, but you don't do much as a college student, but I really like sunk deep into research during my master's, which I think led me to be able to be competitive for doc programs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, this is going to sound uh, just blunt and maybe even a little rude. But, That's like, okay. bring it. Um, like, so are you just really smart or? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I really, like, I, no. Okay. But no, like, legitimately, like, I just, like, have you always done well in school? Like, has it been, like, pretty, pretty breezy for you? 
Um, like high school. Let's talk about high school. Like was that like breezy for you? Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh high school was hard, I think. Like okay. um I was in IB, so okay, okay. my curriculum was I think different than a lot of people I like see. that I know in Georgia. But no, it was hard. high school was hard. I really don't like math. Okay. Okay. I had a very hard time with geometry. But do you find yourself thriving in these areas that you're in right now though? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's just a good fit for yeah, me. Yeah, like, no, me no. in anything finance, I'll burn the company down. Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I I I guess <laughs> I guess the reason I ask, I mean, I feel like, you know, um as I explore different jobs, mm. you know, it is clear that, you know, there are particular types of people that maybe should pursue specific careers, right? Mm. Like, for example, like I would as much as the person that came on, like almost, she almost convinced me I should have been an auditor, like an accountant, because she oh. was so passionate about oh. her job that I was I- like, wow, like this is so exciting, right? <laughs> yeah. But I know I would suck at it, yeah, right? Yeah. But so I guess the reason I asked is like, you know, this path that you've gone on thus far, I feel mm-hmm. like is an academically challenging one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't it's it's funny cuz I think people remind that remind me of that. Yeah. And I've just never like done anything else. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm kind of like, "Oh, is it, you know, cuz I right, went right, right. straight through." Yes. So I guess I don't really know. Sometimes I have those moments cuz like my, you know, adult friends have been out of college for a long time now and they have such balanced lives and I'm kind of like, "Oh, I guess that's what I can, that's like, you know, you don't right, know right. though until later on. So. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I just, yeah. So I guess that's what I was trying to get at is like, is this something that like, you know, do, do you need to love academics and things like that to kind of thrive mm-hmm. in this area? Or like, do you have any thoughts or opinions on that? Yeah, I think you need to love learning. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's definitely part of it. But I also think like, um, you need to love uh no you need to want to think about things critically you know that's such a huge part and I think it's totally fair if people don't want to engage in like a higher level that continuously will stretch you and like you have to think above at a level of about this certain topic about mental health and psychology you know whatever everything that falls under that Uh in a really uh yeah like stretching way and Uh I think not a lot of people find that find that necessary you know um but that's no, I totally it. get it I am not that person <laughs> but like I want to I want to be a lot of times and I will uh-huh. say as I've gotten older uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> excuse me and I've had my own kids I do mm-hmm. find myself wanting to have these like <clears throat> different kind of conversations with people mm-hmm. but I do feel like Okay, I guess in the ministry sense, right? Like mm. in min- within ministry, mm. I'm not really a vision visionary. Excuse me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of like people ask me to like dream and like where do you see us in the next ten years and mm. things like that. Like outside, mm. like what? How are we? Gonna, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care that much. <laughs> 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 like, and so I've always felt myself like, but but I can see in your line of work too, like obviously like you need to be, have those kind of natural tendencies to maybe even 
excel in this area, mm. which which is good, yeah. Because I mean, I would want the person helping me with my mental health to think in those ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like the field is super interesting because you can be a practitioner without getting a doctorate. Like you can, mm. you know, um, be an MFT or uh, you know LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor, okay. or you know, like there is a lot. There's substance use, like addictions counselors and things like that. Um, so you don't like when if you decide to get a PhD, like you're deciding that you want to do more than just like practice. I see. Um, I see. A lot of people just do do practice because it ends up being able to like just you know fund their lives and then they have like other more important things that come up for them like family Mm -hmm. um but like usually even with so for me like um if I just practice as a psychologist I don't just do therapy so like psychology is a protected like title because we do evaluations and so um psyche vows will be for like neuropsychology like like um even f- like forensic psychology or like learning disabilities um even things like uh like um let's see what do people usually get psyche vows for there's a lot like the more uncommon ones are personality disorders mm-hmm. like narcissistic personality like bipolar mm-hmm. um borderline that kind of stuff um but for more functional practical uses you have to have a psyche vow to get either resources or custody or you know whatever else right right so right. that's kind of the other practice aspect um that only like psychologists can do i see so I see. it just opens more doors i guess okay mm-hmm um, this might be a dumb question, but uh, I'm gonna ask it anyways. Uh, so like, psychiatrists are not the same. Right? No, yeah. So psychiatrists go to med school, so they're um MDs usually oh. or IDOs, and they don't learn in um they don't learn like psychological interventions. Uh-huh. They only learn the like medicine aspect. So. <gasps> You really go to a psychiatrist to go get medication after you've been diagnosed through a psyche valve for something. But psychiatrists oh, don't do evaluations. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. That's so people super- call me a psychiatrist like often and I'm just like, I don't really correct them, but <laughs> very big difference. Why not? You should correct them. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, eh, you'll probably forget <laughs> it again anyway. That's so yeah. funny. Okay. Um, so, you know, in your, it, you said you do a lot, you wear a lot of hats in this time of your life, this season of your life. Um, that I find that that one piece where you teach a, a college class, you said, mm-hmm. on interpersonal relationships. Interpersonal communication oh, communi- skills. Oh, that sounds very important. How do I <laughs> sign up? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, like what kind of students uh, take this class? Um, so it's like a 30, like 3,300 level class. So like I have uh, probably close to like 188 students. So it's not like a super in-depth, like, so if, when I, um, taught master's students, those are like, I will teach you to be a therapist. Like these are basic counseling skills. Um, but interpersonal communication skills is more just like, like, what, how can you be effective, you know, in your conversation? Like, what can you do for conflict resolution, that kind of stuff? So, um, it's, you know, more fit for what undergraduate degrees are for, which is like, like breadth, not, you know, width or okay. depth. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, do you enjoy teaching? I do. Um, it depends on the class. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you can hear my dog. Um, I taught a stress and stress management class last semester, uh-huh. and that was stressful. But this 
this semester is a lot more chill. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, the counseling aspect that you said that you do right now too. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, I know you said you don't know exactly what you're going to do yet Mm -hmm. after you finish your PhD, but, um, is there a part that you like right now? Yeah, I actually do really like teaching. Um, I, I like the process of depositing the things that I like know and like really seeing students um, yes. for, you know, for some students, it like really interests them and sticks with them. And so I think out of the three, I really do like teaching. Mm. And so um, th- that's why I would probably like go an R2 route if mm-hmm. I like were to stay in academia. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, being a therapist is like hard a lot yeah. on a lot of days. And so like, I'm not sure how sustainable it would be for me to do that like full time. Mm-hmm. Although I want to always have my like foot in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it like, like um, every day, all day. And why is that? So like, and so par- this ties into kind of why I want to do more community-based intervention. So okay. like, ch- like churches or even like families. Um, I like... I, I am um, an Im- impact thinker. So like, how can I most efficiently impact the most amount of people at one time? And I think that's just kind of how my brain normally like goes, like that's the space I go to. Okay. But therapy is a very individual process and mm-hmm. it's it's complicated because we're all complex beings um, and there's a lot of value in that. And um, there's so much privilege in being able to really hear about someone's most difficult you know, things in their Mm -hmm. lives and you're walking, you're helping to walk them through that. Um, but I think because of the way I'm wired, I'm thinking about like maximum impact. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what if I can, what if I can do more of like a psychoeducation on what it is that I'm talking through with this patient or client and just make it more available for like the masses and to make access, you know, like more, more, um, just easy and and then they can find their own therapist or like process through that with them you know and so I think I err on more of that side okay so that is a thing though like uh, this resource that you're talking about like there are other people that do this and like that's all they do yeah yeah um and it will look different so like even Dr. Joe so she uh is teaching in a uh like at a university, but her even coming to my church, like when I was 12, she wasn't sitting down with like individual people or um, families. She was like disseminating the information, explaining it, um, and then giving the families a chance to like apply what she was teaching. And then if they felt like they needed further support or guidance, um, you know, like she was encouraging folks to uh, like find therapists, you know, mm. and find interventionists. So like, I, I really like that approach. And I think that's a better fit for me too. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for your first class, whatever, <laughs> seminar, whatever that is, I'll be there. Um, uh, yeah, that's really okay. You call the impact thinking? I, I'm not, it's not like a coined term, but yeah, I, I think I'm more of like a efficiency impact oriented person. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's me. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> can I use that term? Yeah, yeah. It's your, you can have it. But it's your term. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what, Oh, Oh, I know. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm just like extroverting my thoughts as I'm talking no, to good. you, but, um, 
you work with specifically Asian Americans in counseling, is what you said. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, and that is near and dear to your heart, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? I mean, it is obvious. I feel to me, but maybe not to others.、Mm. Uh, why have you made that choice to do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a personal aspect of it. I think you know,、um, my family struggled so much when we immigrated, and I really started thinking about like our family dynamics and why it was the way that it was.、Mm-hmm. And I think you know, a lot of times, even uh, like a lot of PhD folks call our research me search. You know, this process of like searching myself.、Mm. <laughs> and so there's a definitely a personal component of it, but I think a large Part is like I think God's heart for the Korean community is so vast, and we're a very interesting、um, pocket of the world's population. I mean, like such extensive history of colonization and war, and being really torn in you know economically, socially, politically.、Um, but I think the one、um, thing that has been passed down is. Both resilience and like trauma,、yes. and I think God's heart towards our community is、um, healing and to like preserve what is good, which is our collectivism and resilience,、mm-hmm. but to heal like the aspects、um, of our DNA that is not of Him.、Mm-hmm. And so it really was for me like as I go、oh. deeper into this work,、uh, it's first started because I was like, why was my mom like that, or you know, why was my dad like un- un- unable to emotion emotionally connect with with me?、Um, but I feel like as I really go deep into this work, I've been it's been more of a process of joining with、um, God's heart and what He desires for our community, and and also celebrating the really unique and、um, wonderful ways that He has, you know. The, of the identity that he's given us,、mm. so it's been both. Yeah, that's amazing.、Mm. Gosh,、um, and do you feel like? Okay, so I guess so. School in general. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But no, it's school, not good. Like you know, to have to be a counselor, basically, school、um, does like the programs give you the tools, obviously, that you need to be a good counselor. I'm、mm. assuming.、Mm. Yes, and then,、um, but. At the same time,、um, I guess what I wanted to add, there's something specific I want to ask, but I、mm-hmm. just like don't have the words to say it.、Um, <clears throat> I guess when you first started counseling、mm-hmm. and doing clinicals and things like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm.、Um, what was the most challenging part for you? Yeah. I would actually probably like say that school didn't prepare to me. Oh, okay. Me to be a psychologist. <laughs> yes.、Um, yeah. So you know, there are just some things that you can't learn in a classroom. Yeah, like you, know, you learn the theoretical orientations that you op- you know you operate from, and then you learn the skills you know of active listening and warmth and empathy and all these things, but they push you into you know like the clinical work. Um, while you ha- you have supervision in your program, because I think there was there's just no way that you can learn it until you have the first person that now you're like responsible for、mm-hmm. um, really supporting well sitting in front of you, and so I think like、um, that was really difficult. So like every aspect of 
like other aspects of my PhD program, like research and even coursework I had been used to doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but clinical work was the first thing that I was like, I've never done this before, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that was really difficult. And I, when I was first starting off and I still struggle with this to some extent, um, I feel massive responsibility to meet like our therapy goals that I have set with this person. Um, or even when I'm doing like psyche vows and stuff, um, for this, the report that I'm writing to be of help, um, to this person, whatever function, um, that I am in that person's life for, I feel a lot of responsibility to like, make sure that they leave this um, relationship, the therapeutic relationship, because mm-hmm. it's not exactly an experience, right? It, it is a relationship and you build that and it's all one-sided, right? Like they're not there for it to be reciprocal towards me. So like right, right. Um, I feel massively responsible for caring for that person well. Wow. Uh-huh. And that that's, I think that's been difficult Mm because sometimes like you do need to draw boundaries or realize that you can't do the healing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't be the answer to every aspect of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like, that's my heart that I, I want to be a part of all of those steps, but sometimes like I've had a hard time with like drawing it back a little bit. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Um, do you feel like, you know, the boundaries that you talked about? I guess, like, do you find it, like, okay, what do you like the least? What do you like the least is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why my words are all jumbled <laughs> this evening. I'm not normally like, no, I am. I'm always like this, but <laughs> I'm lying. Um, but I think I'm just so fascinated by everything you're saying that it's having I'm I'm processing everything but I hear you anyways yeah what is what so like I know that you said that those things are challenging even till now and that because for me I'm like every time I talk to a counselor like that one that is like that's their career Mm -hmm. um I do find it fascinating and I do find it um, something that is like a necessary tool, especially just, I think, being someone in leadership and ministry in the church, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, I think we just do that without knowing we're doing it, listening to people, trying to give advice with discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have the tools to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I do find it would be beneficial for me. Mm. However, it's like, I know the kind of work that goes in. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then like, you know, I uh, feel like I would be terrible. Like I would be a terrible mm. counselor is how I feel. But I mean, like, what do you think makes a good counselor? Mm. Mm. I mean, there are... Th- you know, answers that come up at the top of my head. So like, but um, I think this is an aspect of the field that I actually struggle with because I can tell you what the secular reasons of what would make a good counselor. And then I can tell you kind of what like, would like, what I struggle with, be, with being a believer. Okay. Um, because the field of mental health is still, you know, at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's a secular approach to something very like vulnerable about people. It's yes. like soul care. Right. But um, the way that we're trained is like without the perspective of 
the Bible or the Lord like in it. And so what makes a good, like any mental health clinician um, is right. Like obviously unconditional positive regard for the person sitting like across from you. Mm. Um, like no, like lack of judgment. No, like we actually are told not to like give advice. We are, you know, kind of to lead the horse to the water ish. Right. Right. You know? Right. Um, it's tolerance and respect to like every belief and choice that, you know, human beings make. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's like commitment as, um, the mental health clinician to get the patient or client to get to where they want to be, whatever, whatever their goals are. Mm. Right. Um, but when you go and get into this work as a believer, there are very, you know, certain things that like are not biblical, like that of the people, ways that people want to function, live their Mm -hmm. lives, make decisions, make Mm -hmm. decisions for not just themselves, but their families or children. And you are a voice of authority and feedback that they're trusting, that they're paying for to receive. And, um, and so like, I think to be a Christian and a um, there is Christian counseling, right? But uh, I am like not that. That's not the route that I feel like God's called me to go into mm-hmm. to like the seminary route. So right. like as a psychologist, um, I, I wrestle with that a bit. And so like I'm still asking those questions in my own time with God. But I think it's to mimic you know, the Holy Spirit who like the Bible says is also uh, a, you know, he's a comforter and a counselor for us. And he doesn't just, you know, like coddle our feelings or say that everything that we think or believe is correct, you know, and um, there is, there is profound comfort and guidance and the role that he has in our lives, but there's also correction. (laughs) There's, you know, some whooping sometimes there's Holy Spirit whooping sometimes. So like um, to heed to that and to submit to that is the wise thing to do right for, for us. And so I think those are the aspects of who he is that I try to mimic in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's still been a very exploratory thing for me. No, that sounds impossible to me. But <laughs> <laughs> like even just the first, you know how you told me you give like this, like things that come to the top of your head, the secular reasons for like mm-hmm. what makes a good counselor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? That sounds so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. but that's true. Like, you know, counseling, I feel like I've never actually... I feel like I would really benefit from um, counseling, but um, I have heard, yeah, it's not really like they give you advice. It's like Mm. they get you where they, you know, you need to be to Mm. be healthy, right? Mm. But I'm like, man, that's that's hard to do, (laughs) I'm sure. But um, and stressful at times, I'm Mm. I would imagine. But um, (laughs) yeah, but it's so glorious when you see the person like have their breakthrough you know Mm. like the you know and it doesn't happen with every person because even therapy you really get what you put into it um this is true yes yes yeah and so there is like a level of commitment and like a readiness for you to even like want to change right Mm. um 
but I have, I talk about him all the time. I can't like say his real name. I will call him Mr. O. So I used to work at the Atlanta VA. And so um, I was working in a hospital setting and um, I was treating patients for PTSD and like comorbid diagnoses. So a lot of the times, like what that would look like is substance use, like addiction Mm -hmm. and um, like personality disorder. So Mm -hmm. we have a specific like clinic for borderline personality disorder, uh, which is lots of strains on interpersonal relationships and the roots of that are trauma. But, um, I had a patient named Mr. O and, you know, these are like military veterans. He wasn't, you know, like he didn't go to combat, but still, you know, he like, isn't, he's like an army man, you know, Mm -hmm. he experienced, um, he experienced rape in the military and, you know, like all the things that really that, that trauma did to him. Um, it really took his life away. You know, Mm. he was stuck the 19 years ago that this event had happened. He was still stuck there and he had had gotten married and had had now has adult children, but he was like still stuck at his 20 something year old self. And after we went through the process, like he emoted, like he released the, and, and all the things that he had been shoving down and trying to cope with, with alcohol or drugs or, um, money, you know, and like, and, and he actually dealt with what was inside. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was a lot like, you know, he emoted very severely, like he was throwing things and crying and screaming, Mm -hmm. but I think that's what you need to do when you experience something like that. And he was avoiding it for so long, but to see him, to get to the other side. And after our, um, time together, him being like, I think I'm happy for the first time in like 19 years. And like, he was unable to go to to places with a lot of people, which is um, a common symptom of PTSD because they're on such hyper vigilance. And he and like I, I remember when we were wrapping up and like terminating, he was he was like, "I think I'm gonna take my wife dancing." Like she's always wanted to go, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "You know, <laughs> yeah." So like the healing that, you know, came from him and what that means for his marriage, you know, and probably his relationship with his children. Like the fact that I got to even be like a minute part of that Mm. is it's, you know, like, yes, the job, it's so hard, but it's like to be a part of that is like everything, you know? Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, you're talking about the, the joys of teaching for you, Mm -hmm. like the investment that's made, but this too, I feel like, man, the, the, the fruit that is bared through the hardship and just pressing Mm -hmm. through those times Mm -hmm. must be so rewarding, you know, to Mm -hmm. be able to be experience that and be a part of that. And, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, man, but getting there, I'm sure, is like <laughs> so much work. Oh yeah, a lot of pulling and pushing. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know, like the school aspect of being a counselor, like going through the studies. Like, um, I've heard. So, like, what is a normal, pro- like, not the PhD program, but like, what is a normal process of like, hey, like, I want to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Yeah. So, so it also depends on what type of counselor. So there are school counselors and then FFPs. Like it really depends on 
um, which route you go. So I'm probably most familiar with, we, um, our, like my school has a master's program in clinical mental health counseling. Okay. So, um, I've mentored like a couple of students that are in that program uh-huh. and it seems like they, uh, that's more of the generalist route as opposed to like addiction or school okay, or, okay. or what have you, or marriage and family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it seems like they do that, you know, they get like, they do a, um, basic theory class. They do a basic like counseling class. They do, no, they don't do career. Um, they do, uh, like they usually do like an introductory level, like statistics class just to be able Mm -hmm. to read research Mm -hmm. and then apply it to your practice. Like Mm -hmm. that's usually helpful to kind of understand the mechanisms of what's behind research. Mm -hmm. They take a diagnosis class and then they have, and then like probably some other courses, um, and then they do like internships, like throughout their master's program too. And then they take like a licensing exam. So okay, uh, whether end. it's for LPC or MFT. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are kind of rounding out our hour together. Yes. <clears throat> um, and I always ask people kind of similar questions towards the end. Um, I've, you've kind of shared, um, I don't know. I feel like you've touched on what you like best and what you like not so much mm-hmm. about your job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you share one more time, like, if you could, out of everything, what do you like most currently right now in this season? Oh, when yeah. do you finish, by the way? Your- I graduate, so I do, like, clinical residency starting in August, uh-huh. and then I will graduate by next May after Holy I cow. defend my dissertation. Yeah, That's so amazing. about a week, year left. <laughs> do you know where you're going to do your dissertation on? Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, have okay. about two thirds of it written. Oh wow. Okay, sorry, I don't know the order. No, but... it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What is it on? It's on intergenerational trauma for Korean and Korean American families. Um, <laughs> is there like a presentation? Because I feel like I need to hear it. <laughs> yes, there is. My defense. I did a prospectus wow. defense, and um, I presented on like what I have found like so far. But I have kind of a final one. When I uh, finally defend. Okay. And then like the research that goes into it, like, do you do like, do you research people? Mm-hmm. Or, oh. So the, my chapter one, I did a, uh, what is it? Critical like review. So it was, it's really, what do we know from psychological literature about this topic? Okay. Um, and then my chapter two is like an intervention study. So I'm doing a randomized control trial for whether or not um, a psychoeducation intervention is efficacious and like intervening with intergenerational trauma for second gen Korean Americans. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How relevant. Man, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask, so what have, what have you been finding? But maybe I should <laughs> just wait till you publish your dissertation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. But what I was saying before you were, I asked you that question was, yeah, what do you like the most out of your job? Oh, I mean, I, my reason of what I like and what I don't like is probably the same. Like I am stretched so much, you know, like, um, I consider myself both a scientist and a practitioner. And Mm. so like the muscle, the cognitive and emotional muscles that I have to really, uh, stretch on the daily to be a, like good therapist, be a good psychologist, um, and, you know, like be a good 
instructor and, you know, and, and then like conduct my own research and really like knowing um, how to do that, what I'm doing and make it relevant for the community that I care about. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like usually for folks, they go to a job, they know what their job description is. They have, you know, like um, an outline of that. And maybe there's like some, you know, pivots and caveats from it, but like, my day just looks so different and I do wear so many hats that require so many different skill sets and, um, and capacity, right? Like mentally, like sometimes it's just mental or sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's both. And it really stretches me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I love that. I think I would be very bored if I did a nine to five, (laughs) but I also sometimes like really (laughs) wish I did a nine to five because like it, is very tiring to be stretched that much for like five years, you know? Right, right. Um, so my reason might like kind of just be related to the stretching part. That's an unusual answer, Hannah. I yeah. And I say that because I'm like, who likes being stretched like to the point of, but man, I love that. I love that you love to be challenged and I hope people listening, I don't know, like, would um, take that as a kind of an encouragement in the sense of like, hey, you know, what is this like Mm. to want to be stretched and want Mm. to be, you know, a little bit uh, have growth in your life? You know, Mm. I think it's so easy, especially yeah, it is. It's so easy to just kind of float and be comfortable. Mm. Um, But that's that's really amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's really great. Um, what about something you hate the most or le- like the least? I was going to say hate, but yeah. <laughs> it's a strong word. Yeah. I think um, it does get lonely. Uh, oh. I feel like uh, I feel so blessed for mm-hmm. this level of training and the level of stretching um, I really, I really do feel blessed and I feel like I've known what I wanted to do for so long. And I know that a lot of folks like in my age group don't feel that way, mm. but I, this is how I know it's a God thing. Cause I just like, I know like this is a good, not only a good fit for me as a person, but I feel con- conviction, you know, mm. but also I think from that comes like you're, I, I really do feel like I'm just walking this road alone sometimes. And I actually um, had a funny conversation today with somebody that was like, and I get this question asked pretty often, but you know, they're like, oh, isn't it like hard to psychoanalyze yourself and like other people around you all the time? And usually I take that question and I think it's like funny and I just brush it off. But today I thought about it a little bit more, but you know, when your entire like career is revolved around like understanding your emotions, challenging your, you know, thoughts, um, correcting your behavior and moving towards, you know, like not just like emotional and mental health, but relational health, like physical health, because it's, you know, always so tied. Um, A lot of people, even in the closest relationships to me, they are, this is not their field, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's hard to find people that I feel like I can relate with on this level. Um, And so my friendship with other, you know, folks that are doing their PhD in something similar is that much more special to me because there's another level of like conceptualizing why I'm like this and my relationship or why my parents are like this, you know? And it's difficult to, I guess, like think on, think and articulate yourself on that level when that's, 
that's not that's just not everybody's jar of pickle you know so um I think it gets lonely and like um you're I I feel uh, often misunderstood you know so like people give me a lot of like credit like oh you're a professional in this you're well you're a psychologist you know and then like um they remove the part where I'm like also human and Mm. so like like, I feel like, well, like you, oh, you know, like, I feel like um, being friends or whatever, like being in relationship with you, like, I I receive so much because of what you do for a job. But I think like on the flip side of that, um, it's hard for me, it's hard for other people to kind of get scope of like who I am as a human without my job, you know? <gasps> so that part is hard. Yeah. And it's something I have to really like contend myself with yeah Yeah, oh my gosh I can't no I can't imagine um but I've never thought of that I mean I don't know you that well but I would imagine that is super challenging do you do that do you find yourself doing that like in I feel like maybe not now because you're so seasoned in your field but in the (laughs) beginning did you like psychoanalyze people (laughs) (laughs) I know that. What what was it this time? Um, honestly, I still probably do that. I can't mm. help it. It's of like, course, of course. Yeah, it's it's like a dentist if like they right. saw someone's like tooth being rotten or something. Right. You know, it's like I can't not see it. You know, no, I mean, and it's kind of like well, it's not the same, but maybe a little bit. I I studied media. Uh-huh. And for like years, even even now, like I'm so far from the the field itself, but I do watch movies. And I'll turn to David, my husband, and be like, why do you think they did it that way? You know, like, like, (laughs) really? That makes no sense. Like, you know, like, so maybe, and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, they did it this way because that's just the movie. And I'm like, no, no. Like, you know, but I would imagine it's something similar. But so do you find yourself doing that often? Yeah, I think it's honestly the first thing that happens when I meet somebody. Oh. But like I, I now I have to, I've developed skills for like you know, you don't ever want to like t- like meet somebody and be like this is probably what's going on with you. So <laughs> I turn that part off of, you know, and it's like I turn that part off of me. I'm just kind of yeah. like I don't want to engage you like yeah. you know, of what actually feels more natural to me. So I try to turn that part off and um yeah, so it, it 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 it's not it's actually harder not to psychoanalyze. Do you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just means what you said earlier. This is what you were meant to do. <laughs> Truly. I love it. Yeah. I'm like kind of nervous and scared right now, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just yeah. messing with you. Okay, well, you right uh, now yeah. <laughs> Um So for people listening, um, maybe they're thinking, hey, what Hannah's talking about, like, I feel like this is something that I could really like. Mm -hmm. Or, um, yeah, I don't know. What kind of advice would you have for for that person or just like any life advice at all? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think for folks that want to go into, like, want to specifically get their PhD in counseling psychology, um, I would say, like, it's worth it. Um, There is a lot 
of days and nights it's not going to feel like it is Mm -hmm. but I think at the end of it you leave with so much like I really believe that I could work for industry or academia or private practice like um like I am now I, I wasn't before but I'm you know a skilled statistician like data analyst um and a researcher, mm. you know, and like, uh, I'm a strong, obviously like writer. Um, I'm good interpersonally, you know, and like, and even with the like social emotional aspect, like I'm a good teacher, like I'm hopeful that this will be helpful in me being a good like parent one day, you know, I think like there are oh, just absolutely will. what yes. I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there are unique ways that I could be useful, um, and helpful to the church, you know, which is a community I care about. So like, there are just so many ways that you can be expended and really enjoy it if this is for you. Um, so I think it's worth it. Um, but I think if you want to go into it, you should definitely recognize that there will be moments where you don't feel like you're good enough. Um, lots of imposter syndrome, but I think that's the big area where my faith is a part of that, you know, like it has been so grounding for me, um, because every time I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. Like, or I can't, I really can't. Like, I'm not smart Mm -hmm. enough. Like I'm not critical of a thinker enough. I'm not empathetic enough. Like I always had reasons of why I felt like I wasn't enough. And I think it grounded me back to like, like, I, you know, like it's not because you're enough, but it's because I'm making you enough. You know, he Mm -hmm. calls, um, not the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And, and I think like this process has been so good for not just my relationship with God, but, um, for my relationship with other people and my relationship with myself. And Mm -hmm. so there's just so much to glean from it that I think obviously a typical, uh, job, um, might not have. And I'm thankful like for the training I have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Hannah, I'm so thankful for you and thankful for your journey. Thank you so much for sharing it with me tonight. Um, Not to put you on the spot, but if there's somebody that's like, hey, I'd love to hear more or chat with Hannah, would you be okay with me putting you in contact with them? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey guys, if you have anything to say about this episode or you'd like to talk with hannah please feel free to reach out you can dm me on social media or you can um, email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com thanks so much guys until next time thanks hannah thank you so much good night everybody